So you all hyped up? What kind of clothes you got on? What kind? Shouting clothes. Amen. Let's stand up. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. I hope you're ready. Hey
Jesus is nothing It's nothing that's better than you For I have tasted And I have seen As I have experienced Your goodness to me Yes, I have tasted No, I have seen I have experienced The Lord's goodness to me
presence of the Lord this morning. Let the Holy Spirit move in your life, on your heart. Let him do what only he can do. It's a new song, but I want you to act like you know it, all right?
glory. Praise God. Well, now I know I'm on the right vein. You get a song like that from heaven. Amen. Well, look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I'm here today. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Am I getting it? <laughs> if you have your Bibles, open to Mark chapter 16. In some respects, this has been kind of a difficult year, and we can get caught up in looking at the hard parts and the gloom and the doom, but we got a newsletter from Pastor Hank and Brenda this week, and it said, and now is the time to rehearse our victories. Now is the time to look at the good things that God is doing, and just to bring to your remembrance, the Atlanta Braves won the World Series this week. <laughs> God is on the move. If you want to see a pers- uh, prophetic perspective on that, go look up Johnny Enlow and what he had to say, but the Braves won seven to nothing the World Series. Anyway, I have a few announcements. And then we'll go over a few things. So several months ago, and I can't remember if it was Mario Murillo or Lance Wallnau or one of those guys talked about what God was doing in this nation right now. And one of the things he said that he was beginning to do and was going to do was bring the patriots, the political activists, the ones that love this nation, together with the remnant church, who also love this nation, and we're going to bring them together as a mighty force. It's beginning to happen. If you can see what happened in Virginia this week, in the elections, it is beginning to happen. Now, we've had, yes, in Florida and in Nebraska. So you hear about all these different organizations. They are grassroots organizations that are beginning to rise up. There's the Convention of States movement. There's the Protect the Children movement about dealing with the school systems. And then a few weeks ago, I've talked about this, an organization locally just of concerned citizens began, and it's called uh, Patriots United. My girls and Patriots are rising, and then I flipped. Anyway, it's Patriots United, and we've been meeting here at this church on Tuesday nights. This week, we're going to meet here on Monday night. It's at 6 o'clock. But in a week from then, on the 16th, Tuesday the 16th of November, at the Norfolk Country Club, this group and organization is bringing in a speaker, Dr. Lee Merritt out of Omaha. And she is on the forefront of educating and informing the people about the evil that's going on concerning the coronavirus, about the vaccines, about everything that they're doing wrong and what they should be doing right. She's outstanding. And 
And so they're bringing her in. And this is exactly, you say, well, what's God doing? Well, God's doing something right in our midst. Just what they've been saying they're bringing. We're bringing those people that love America and want to stand up for against evil and the remnant of the body of Christ. So it's important that we get involved. Now, a year or so ago, Lance Wallnow wrote this book. It's called God's Chaos Code. Now, he wrote this when President Trump was officially in office. And I want to just read a portion of it to you. And he talks about there's seven mountains of influence. We don't need just revival in this nation. We need reformation. There have got to be some things that change. And he talks about the seven areas that change are the church, the family, education, big government, big media, big entertainment, and big business. And we can't change them by just sitting here in these four walls. We've got to get out and do something. But a lot of people think, well, this is just little. But, you know, a snowball starts with just a handful of snow. And it just keeps rolling and getting bigger and bigger. And we've got to recognize and see that. Now, this is what he said. It's, it'll just take a minute. He says, and he's talking about Nehemiah building the wall. One other challenge Nehemiah faced was the ability to mobilize everyone quickly in case of an attack. They needed to be able to swarm as one man against any point of attack. To fix this, Nehemiah said, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Likewise today, this absence of unity compromises our ability to stand in mass against the tax on individual businesses, houses of worship, or political allies. This has become one of our greatest weaknesses. There is no centralized, unifying trumpet call. The closest thing we have to consistent messaging and protection for the moment is a besieged president. He wrote this when Trump was in office. Add a few courageous voices in the Republican Party, a half dozen overworked Christian legal organizations, and a few Washington-based Christian 501c4s with mailing lists, and that is our collective trumpet. Does this really express the combined power and influence of over 100 million or even 50 million Christians? The church in America will now have to form a new, more muscular and cohesive mechanism to sound the trumpet and show up at the point where the battle is decisive. In my first meeting with Donald Trump before he was president, he said Christians are the biggest single demographic in in America. There's nothing you can't do if you pull together, but that's not my job. It should be, but it should be somebody else's. Somebody, someone needs to get you guys together. Speaking of Trump, he said he had more faith in the church than the church had in itself. So we have an opportunity right now in this city to pull together just what he's doing here. And so on Thursday, November 16th, at the Norfolk Country Club, at 5.30 to 6.30 is a meet and greet. But she will actually begin speaking at 6... What? Tuesday. What did I say? I'm sorry. Tuesday... November 16th at the Country Club, 5.30 to 6.30 is the meet and greet. At 6.30 is when she speaks. 
And, you know, the thing is, if we're going to wake up, we've got to be informed. And she's a great informant. She knows her stuff. She's ex-military, but she just, she knows her stuff. And we've got to pull together, not just in the church, but we've got to get out there. And we've got to, just numbers alone, like Trump was saying, numbers alone, 50 million, 100 million people pulling together is going to change the face of this nation, and that's what we need. But we just got to start where we are. So in the back on the counter, we have a sign-up sheet. This is not, they don't want to open this up completely to the public for two reasons. They don't want to get a lot of distractors, and it's only, the seating is limited. So they kind of need to know who's going to be there so we can, Anyway, there's a sign-up sheet in the back. If you can be there on Tuesday night, the 16th of November at 6.30, we need you to sign up and we will get you there. There is power in numbers. And in Mark chapter 16, uh, verse 15, and this is Jesus speaking, he says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There is a step. God does everything by order. And the first thing you got to do is to go to all the world. You got to get out there. We can't just sit in these four walls. We've got to unify together and just your presence shows that unity. So I would strongly ask you, encourage you, if at all possible, that you can attend that meeting. Please sign up, let us know, and then be there. So it's, it's important. We have got to start to stand up because you see what happened in Virginia when they started to stand up. And this particular one is about the vaccine mandates, which is on the forefront this week. But then they're going to start hitting some other things like the school, the crazy stuff that's going, the evil that's going on in the public school systems. And we'll go from one to one to another, but we need people to pull together. And the nice thing is we don't have to do it all. We just have to do our part. And for this, our part is showing up and being there and showing support. So I greatly encourage you to do that. I appreciate it. We're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you an envelope. Thank you so much for your consistent and faithful giving. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive that whenever you're ready.
Amen. Years ago when I was a young pastor, I going to a lot of um, other circles of ministry and pastors get together and I, I felt politics didn't belong in the church. I was wrong. And uh, we're in the condition, the church is in the condition it is because preachers don't give you the truth. And like Mario Morales says, it's not about politics anymore, it's about evil. And what's a shepherd supposed to do? Guard the flock. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited for the hour in which we live. Yeah, I, I realize you look out in the natural and, and things, it seems like things haven't changed. But, the, oh, they're changing. It's, it's starting to crumble. And uh, I sense in my spirit, you know, it's good things that are coming. And uh, I told you a few weeks ago, I was standing here on a Sunday morning. The Spirit of God spoke to me. It's the season of the shout. And so that's what we, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about that and looking at that. And I want you to look at Psalm 89. I'm going to review quickly, and I've, I've got different ways I can go, and I want to make sure I go the way the Spirit of God wants me to go. But I want to begin the day in Psalm 89 and verse 11. It says, the heavens are yours, the earth also is yours, the world and all its fullness, you have founded them. The north and the south, you have created them. Tabor and Hermon rejoice in your name. You have a mighty arm, strong as your hand and high as your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face, verse 15. Blessed are the people who know the what? Joyful sound. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. The Amplified says it this way. Happy, fortunate to be envied. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Who understand and appreciate the spiritual blessings symbolized by the feasts. They walk, O oh Lord, in the light and favor of your countenance. The message translation states, Blessed are the people who know the passwords of praise, who shout on prayed in the bright presence of God. Delighted, they dance all day long. They know who you are, what you do. They can't keep it quiet. I like that. That's, wh that's where the church is at. You say, how can you shout? How can you sing praise to God with all that's going on? Well, we're doing it by faith. You sing sometimes by faith. I've told you many times I come in here, I'm no different than you. Preachers are human beings. And there's sometimes you don't feel like being a preacher. Sometimes you don't even feel like you're saved. But see, we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, we sing by faith. We shout by faith. And see, today, I know in my spirit, you're getting the joyful sound. You're recognizing that, yes, it is a season. It is a time to shout. Cat Carr talks about party, eating cake. Well, we've started. We're eating donuts. Amen? We're celebrating even though he's still in the White House. He will be removed. Sleeping through meetings. 
And so I want you to know, if God be for us, who can be against us? My God is for me. My God is for you. Amen? I, I believe that with all my heart. So it's, it's important that we discern, just like the tribe of Israel, discern the joyful noise, the joyful shout, especially at different feasts. We have to discern the time we're in as, a, as the church. Israel shouted because God's presence was always with them in battle. Israel shouted because they could discern God's blessing at the time of certain feasts. They rejoiced also at the time of Jubilee. Remember the time of Jubilee every 50 years? They, they blew the, the, the shofar and, uh, and the horn and the trumpet and all slaves were released. All land was given back. And so that was something to shout about. Amen. Now, we, we told you without going into a lot of from last time, but in the Hebrew, if you look at the root for shout, it's R-U-A. It means a shout of joy, a blast of trumpets, the sounding of alarm, a cry of jubilee, a victory shout, a great shout, a joyful no, noise, and a shout of joy. We gave you the example in Ezra 3 when they were rebuilding the temple. And in verse 10 it says, When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forevermore. So that's that was a reason they the, they built the foundation. Then we got it gave you the example of Samuel when they brought the ark of the covenant. They did it wrong the first time, but they David they got it right finally. But when the ark entered the the, the city, it says the ground shook because the people were shouting. I'd love it to the point where we shout so loud to God the hey, wouldn't that be something? That gets some people's attention, wouldn't it? Sure it would. Now, I want you um, to turn in your Bibles, and we're going to start in um, Psalm chapter 5. We're going to do this in a hurry, but I want to give you a, a scriptural foundation for shouting because it's in the Bible. It's quite apparent that God wants His people to shout, not just when they experience His blessings and, and victory, but sometimes you got to shout before it even occurs. So in Psalm chapter 5 and verse 11, we're going to go through these quickly. It says, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you what? Because you protect or defend them. Is that a reason to shout? Because our God will protect and defend us. Look at Psalm 27. Psalm 27, verse 6. It states, And now, David says, My head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Sometimes it feels like we've got enemies all around us. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. So it says, I will offer sacrifices. If you look up in the Hebrew, it's joyous shouts. Joyous shouts. Now look at Psalm 32. 
Psalm 32, verse 10. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. That's, that's coming. But he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. How many of you trust in God? That says, mercy shall surround us. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous. And shout for joy, all you upright in heart. So you, one reason we can shout is that we're the righteousness of God in Christ. We have His righteous nature because Jesus paid the price. Amen? We used to be sin creatures. Bound by sin, but now we're the righteousness. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. It's not your righteousness. It's his precious blood that has made you righteous. Now look at uh, Psalm 30. Did we go to 33? 33.3. Well, we did that one today. Amen. Didn't we? Isn't that cool? Sing to him a what? A new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. Amen. Harvest Church did that today. Look at um, Psalm 47. Psalm 47. You know, for years, folks, all you old Germans, how many Germans here today? Raise your hand. Oh, look around. Keep them up. Just look. How many Germans? Stoic Germans, no emotion. This area, when we came here, I'm from Fairbury, she's from Monroe. We get it because we have German heritage and very stoic, no emotion. My folks never showed me any emotion, really, except my mother, you know, when I made her pull her cigarette drawer out and smoke. That's what I did for my mama. So that tells you what I was like. But very, you know, didn't give me a lot of love or affection, you know. This area, when we came here, it, it's, it was tough. We came in here back in the, the early 80s, and oh my God, it was dark. A lot of demonic strongholds. And, and, uh, but I'll tell you what, things are changing, and you, you'd agree with me. Because there's times we do worship and he'd get frustrated. Because he'd look out on all you and you're. And if we got a clap, we'd be thrilled. You know. But now things are changed. It's, there's been a shift. Now, now people aren't so inhibited. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of despair. No, triumph. That's, that should be our attitude right now. Triumphs are loud, yes. You scared me one day with yours. I'll clue you. Did I give you Psalm 47? It says this. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord most high. Now, why should we shout unto the Lord with, the, with a voice of triumph? It tells us right here. For the Lord most high is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us. How many of you know we have an inheritance in Christ Jesus? 
a spiritual inheritance. The excellence of Jacob, whom he loves, God has gone up with a what? Amen? The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. I like that. Look at Psalm 66. Psalm 66. I'm almost... There's so many. Psalm 66. It says, verse 1, Make a joyful shout to God all the earth. Sing out the honor of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say to God, How awesome are your works. Say that with me. How awesome. Awesome are your works through the greatness of your power. Your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Come and see the works of God. He is awesome in his doing toward the sons of man. See, that's what we need to rehearse. Some days, if you don't feel like praising, get the Psalms out and just start speaking him and declaring it by faith. Look at uh, Psalm 95. Psalm 95. What are you saying today, preacher? I'm saying it's time to start shouting. Psalm 95. It says, uh, I'm on 94. 95. It says, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Who is that? It's Jesus. For the Lord is the what? Great God, the great King above all gods. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. Look at Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That's how you need to walk through the door every Sunday. And into his courts with praise. Be Thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Psalm 132. Psalms 132. And verse 9. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. Are you getting a picture here? I want you to look at uh, Joshua chapter 6. Joshua, Joshua chapter 6. I, I, I love this, this story. And uh, here we see the nation of Israel marching around a city. They get orders from headquarters. And I just want you to see... The, the attitude and the thing, these, the scriptures I'm about to read to you. Yeah, we all remember the walls came down. After they what? They gave a great shout. But there's something in this passage to me is, is so important. And this is the season the body of Christ and the church needs to get. And that is obedience. 
Say it with me. It's not a bad word. Obedience. Obedience. And, you know, for a long time, people said, well, you, we're supposed to pray for the president and we're supposed to submit to authority, to proper authority, but not demonic authority. And so don't get religious on me. He is not our president. He's not. It's not a legitimate election. It was stolen. And, and so, you know, don't get religious in thinking you're being religious by submitting to, uh, you know, evil. And so this passage of Scripture, this is probably where I'll, I'll finish today. But I want you to see this because this, you know, is an exciting story. I want you to read, let's look at Joshua 6. I'm going to read and start in verse 1. This is the destruction of Jericho. It says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. That's God speaking to us today. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. Now he gives explicit instructions. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. Remember we talked about when there was shouting in the Old Testament. It had to deal with trumpets. It says this and it. And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall what? Shout with a great shout. Now, this is just a shout. This is a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man straight before him. You think they're listening? I think they were. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant. Let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed, march around the city, and let him who's armed advance before the Ark of the Lord. So it was, when Joshua had spoken to the people, that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets. And the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord Followed them. The armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the ark while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. Now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, Shout. Now, that's a miracle in itself. Get a bunch of Jews to keep their mouth shut. Anybody, that's right. But do you see, they were submissive to proper authority. They, understand, they understood obedience because they'd already missed it in the past. Then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord circle the city going around at once. Then they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. Then seven priests bearing seven trumpets. Get the seven, 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 seven. Atlanta won seven to nothing. That's, perf- that's the perfect number. 
See, if you had seven motorcycles, yeah, <laughs> we'll get two more then. Then you'll have perfection. And the armed men went before them, but the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did six days. But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day only they marched around the city seven times, and the seventh time it happened when the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, and, and all who are in it, only Rahab the harlot shall live, and she and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. Now that's it. That's it. You can get off on a tangent there. God can use anybody. And... You know, I was talking today and visiting people about, you know, the people that are going to be coming into the church are going to be all kinds of people. All different kinds of backgrounds. So we've got to be careful. And I was sharing with with uh, Carl and Nancy, you know, my first instinct and I, I, I'm a very compassionate guy. I am sensitive to people, but sometimes I look at people and I think, oh, my God, what a piece of work. Well, don't look at me like you're so religious and holy. We have an attitude. We cop an attitude with people. And we judge them prematurely by the way they look, the way they act. And I tell you what, the people that are going this, we're in harvest. We're, I like who said this. It was Kent Christmas says, this isn't revival. We're not in revival. We're in harvest. So it's a season to harvest the, the, the souls, amen, the people that are out there. So don't get judgmental. They might not look like you. They might not, not smell like you. They might not talk like you act like you, you got to love them. What was that? What did you say something about a work? or What was the park bench thing? Or you gave me a, listen to this analogy. enticing them, Keep, feed them a little bit, and that's what we're going to have to do in the days ahead. What's that? Fill their need. So we need to love people and accept them where they're at. No matter the tattoos. You know, my kid's got tattoos. You know, my God loves him. You know, he's going to heaven. Somebody answer the phone. Amen? So... Don't be insensitive. You got that? Love them where they're at. Where was it? Now I'm lost. Verse 17. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. 
she and all who are with her in the house. See, God can use anybody because she hid the messengers that we sent and you by all means abstain from the accursed things lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver, all the gold, and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. And I say this and I firmly believe this. As the harvest, as we reap the harvest, you're going to see God pour the finances into the, the lives of his people that are going to be good stewards of it. Amen. It's not how many cars you drive or the house you live in or expensive clothes you have. You've got to have that mindset. We need to help other people. It says, so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. So the people what? Shouted when the priests blew. We need a trumpet player. I'm going to have to get my trumpet out. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Now, when did the wall fall down flat? Uh huh. They didn't shout after, the, I'm sure they did after the wall. They were, you know, excited and exuberant. But they did it by faith. And so we're going to have to shout now, even though you don't feel like it. You come here in here on Sunday morning, oh, I've never shouted. I'm just not that kind of individual. Well, you can learn to do it. It doesn't mean we shout all the time. Well, we don't have time for that. But you've got to learn to discern the hour and we're in, we're in the season of the shout. Say this, we're in the season of the shout. We shout, you know, and we believe Washington, D.C. is going to be, there's going to be house cleaning there. Congress, there's going to be house cleaning. Amen. All the evil in this nation there's going to be an upset, and there's, it's going on right now. But we've got to shout by faith, and that's what they did. They shouted with a great shout, went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and donkey with the edge of the sword. Now, to me, this just is Full of examples of being obedient. And that's why now, the hour in which we live, if, if, and who am I, by the way? I, I'm who? The shepherd. Thank you. You're the only one, evidently. Thank you. Thank you for your support. So when, you know, I am not ultimate authority because who is? I'm just an under-shepherd. And that's where I've, I don't get denominations and churches because the church is not a democracy, it's a theocracy. It should be God-ruled. So men should not control their church with programs. They should hear from God, hear from the Holy Spirit, and institute that. But see, if, if we say something, if I say something... See, now, here's a good example. He listened to my message. It, you all right? 
Was that Robert? Oh, <laughs> uh, a le- little levity doesn't hurt. What? Okay, on the spirit. On the spirit. Now I'm all, I shouldn't have done that. But when the preacher says shout, but see, he heard that, and God gave him a song. Now, if he hadn't heard that and believed that his pastor said it's the season of the shout, there'd been no new song. But because he was obedient, see, you're obedient in little things. If you and I can't be obedient in little things, like learning how to shout. Now, next week, it's going to be the dance. No, I'm just kidding. I married a very stoic, unemotional. I don't think I've ever seen her dance. We used to go to this church in Sioux City years ago, and the pastor's wife would get everybody up to dance around on the front. I don't, did we? It was tough, not you. But here again, if it's the Spirit of God, I've seen it, I could count on my hand people dance in the Spirit, and it was the Spirit of God, and it was real. But we don't do things just to do it. But if, if I'm telling you we're in the season of the shout, shout. I don't feel like it. Shout. Shout anyway. And you might have, it might take some time. If I said, if you drove in up during the week and parked down front below my office, you'd hear me pray in tongues. You'd hear me scream and shout. And that's not every day. But there's times that I do that. You've got to take initiative. Amen. Israel's obedience to march and shout in faith, resulted in a miracle. A miracle. So, we need to shout. Let's stand up today. Praise God. Go up to the piano, and let's do that new song, and then we'll go. Please. Are, Are you getting it? I believe you are. Well, Pastor, my personality does not lend to to exuberance and shouting and being loud. Well, I don't want you to be that way all the time, but I'm saying when when the Spirit of God, it's the season of the shout, then what do you need to do? Well, that's right, but what else do you need to do? You obey. It's obedience that will lead to the miracle. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning, that this is the season of the shout. We're not moved by what we see on the news, what we hear, but Lord God, we believe you, and we shall be established. We believe the prophets, and we shall prosper. We believe the word of the Lord, and we believe the word of the Lord for this hour is to shout. It's the season of the shout. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, to do a work in the hearts of everyone in this room today. That, Lord, they'll be obedient in the little things. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord God, 
that the people of Harvest Church hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and the voice of a stranger will not follow. Now let's sing this. Let's end this service today with the right attitude. Amen? Where's my drummer? Oh, is he gone? You want me to stand in?
anybody here this morning need prayer for your body? You're sick in your body. Raise your hand. I'm not going to have you come today. Are you all okay? Who else? Anybody? Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak a healing word. For you sent your word to heal your people and to deliver them from destruction. I bind every virus. I, I bind every sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. I loose healing, health, strength upon your people. They shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. With a shout in their mouth in Jesus' name. And all God's people shouted. Amen. 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 God bless you. Now, no prayer Wednesday night. We have a special meeting Wednesday night, so no prayer. So don't you. And sign up. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.